Welcome to episode two of Professional Ballads, a bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle. This long-form audio-only podcast will be posted the last Monday of every month as an opportunity to deep dive into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seems to be contradictory viewpoints in business and personal life. This is more than just a work-life balance discussion. We examine a variety of this or that scenarios. This is episode two. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Today we're discussing balance, success mindset versus learning from your failures. You hear a lot these days about not being afraid to fail and taking lessons from failures to a point that many people are actually praising or embracing the idea of failure. Now, I think the counterbalance to that is having a successful mindset, setting yourself up to always be successful, to think like a winner, if you will. So how do you balance these two contradictory ideas out? How do you set yourself up as to be successful, to create the opportunity that can be the most successful for you to lay a path to the best opportunity while embracing failure? How can we balance these things out? Well, step one is learning lessons from everything around you. Everything positive and negative provides feedback as to what worked, what didn't work, and what you could continue to do or do differently in the future in order to be more successful than you are now. And I find often, and you've probably heard me say this on the Saturday One Hustle podcast and definitely on my business podcast, the Neo Marketing Podcast, that you will learn more and better lessons from failing than from winning that your setbacks and your shortcomings will teach you more about what you could do better in the future. This makes obvious sense, right? When things are successful, you continue doing it. When things are not successful, you know that there are things that need to be changed and they need to be paid attention to. Now, sometimes just try to figure out what it is that caused the action to be less than successful. That can be the hard part, but you know it's there and you know to look for it when things don't go well or don't go as expected. But how do you balance that out with thinking and feeling successful about setting yourself up to win, about having a drive to be successful and having that correct mindset of building success, not taking no for an answer, not stopping short, not letting things slide or feel defeated by them versus being open to your mistakes and the lessons that come from them. You start by redefining the term failure. And this is my definition now of failure, not necessarily a dictionary definition. But for me, a failure is anything what typically has been described as failure and what we've been saying so far of success versus learning from failure is anything that is has a negative action has a negative impact that you would consider a setback or a mistake or a misstep or something that didn't work out as expected an unexpected outcome is what most people often refer to collectively as failure. But for me in this discussion today between us, failure 
is defined as something negative and only failure if you quit or you don't continue on because of that negative aspect. So something happens that is negative, that is a setback, that is unexpected. It's not actually a failure unless that's the last time you attempt to do what you were doing. If it makes you quit completely, then it's a failure. Otherwise, it's something less than a failure, like a setback, a mistake, negative action, or an unexpected outcome. So in the rest of our discussion today, we will talk about setbacks and mistakes and not failures, because failures are final in this discussion. But what you have to understand is, here's another point of balance, is sometimes you should fail. You should succumb to the failure. Sometimes you should quit, or sometimes you should never start something because the outcome is unrealistic and unobtainable. So a great example of this is I love pro basketball. The Oklahoma City Thunder are my favorite team. I also watch the OU Sooners and their basketball program. I like basketball a whole lot. I have not played basketball since I was a freshman in high school. At the time, was less than 5'10 and moderately dexterous. So I was a decent high school freshman basketball player the last time I played basketball, which would now be somewhere around 35 years ago. Outside of the occasional pickup game, rec league, shooting horse in the backyard, right? So if I set a goal for myself to be good enough to be drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder or offered a contract on the professional basketball level for the NBA... I think most of us in this conversation would understand that that is something I should realistically never start. Or as soon as I realize the fallacy in my effort to become one of the 300 best basketball players on the planet, considering how long it's been since I played at even a moderate level, then that's not as good of an idea as other uses of my time, effort, and talents. And so I should learn the lesson quickly, which is probably a pickup game or working out with someone with a skill level higher than mine or some other exercise where it is proven to me that I have nowhere near the skill set, nor could I develop it in any period of time, which would allow me to be successful on that path. Also understanding that even the best basketball players in the world who play their entire lives, uh, high school, college, and into their professional careers, have retired and moved on to something else well before 50 years old, which is where I'm at today. So that's a very unobtainable goal that I should not start, or if I did start it, I should quit quickly, thus accepting the failure. Uh, have you ever watched the show American Idol where they have the auditions at the beginning of the season and they have many, many people who come to those auditions who have never sang at any level, amateur or professional. They actually have no technique, no training, and no real skill. Now, occasionally you have people who have very naturally talented, but they have to develop that talent. But I'm talking about the people who are awful when they go to American Idol and audition. And typically they're very bad. They're told quickly to move on and they tell the judges how much they want to be a singer, how they want to be on American Idol, how they want to be famous. 
but they have done no preparation. They've done no training. They have not read anything. They have not spoken to anyone. They have not taken a lesson. They have not practiced. They've not rehearsed. They have not done anything that an amateur or professional musician or vocalist would do, but they want it really bad, and they think they could do it if they could fake their way through it, they're going to depend on their looks or their charisma or charm or some other sort of skill outside of the actual thing that they're for, which is seeing. So they fail when the judges don't allow them to move forward, and they should fail and learn the lessons of the comparison of the other people who do make the show, who are tremendously better, who have put in the effort and built a system that will allow them to be successful in the arena of being a vocalist or being a professional musician, as opposed to the person who's done none of the effort. They deserve to fail, and that failure is final and is appropriate. So back to the idea of balancing the positive and negative ideas here of achieving success while learning from or adjusting or gaining value from your setbacks. Again, not failures. So you, what you need, what you have to have is optimism versus the reality of the situation. Much like I just described myself trying to be a pro basketball player, the person who has never sang before trying to, to audition for American Idol. Optimism is great. Optimism gets you through the front door and gets you started. The first step is usually based on optimism, but at some point there has to be reality of the situation. The reality is I will never be a pro basketball player. The reality is the worst auditions on American Idol Outside of great, great amounts of effort, work, training, rehearsal, etc., which is the complete opposite of what they've done to that point, are not going to even make the American Idol show, much less be professional musicians or vocalists. So optimism versus reality. There has to be some reality there. It has to be something that can be attainable. Of course, sometimes people will tell you, dream the impossible dream, but you still have to back up that optimism with some sort of reality. And in this case, the reality is that to achieve the goal, you're going to have to start at zero. You're going to have to start as an amateur and put work in, put effort in, receive training, be open to the process of developing skill sets of going from the very worst to sort of the worst to kind of the worst to okay to average to better than average all the way through expertise levels. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be work and effort, and that is the reality coupled with your optimism. So balance your optimism versus the reality of the situation. Every time someone tries something for the very first time, they are not good at it. Tiger Woods was not great the first time he picked up a golf club. Michael Jordan was not great the first time he picked up a basketball. And in fact, you'll often hear stories of people like Michael Jordan getting cut from his junior high basketball team, which is about the same time I stopped playing basketball many, 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 many years ago. Obviously, Mr. Jordan went on to continue to practice, get better, develop himself, went on to college, went on to the pros we all know, became one of the best basketball players at all time. Beethoven wasn't great the first time he touched a piano. Degas was not great the first time he picked up a paintbrush. You see where I'm going with this, right? No one is great the first time they do something. It was a second time or probably even the hundredth time. But at some point in this process, you do have to improve or have what we would call progress in your pursuit. Progress will allow you to move forward and get better eventually better and eventually better and eventually better. 
But that progress has to happen in some sort of reality. And it, it could be your hundredth time doing something. It could be the thousandth time. It could be the 10,000th time, putting in your 10,000 hours to become an expert is a common phrase often used as well. But it has to have some sort of time frame that, again, is based in reality. So your optimism balanced with reality is starting at a place of not great, but working towards a place of greatness, towards a place of success, if you're going to progress, if you're going to move forward and get better at each level. And the only way to do that is to learn from your mistakes, learn from the things you're not doing as well, learn from your setbacks and negative outcomes. And that comes from honest self-evaluation. And this is where human beings often fall down, is they are afraid that honest self-evaluation and admitting to their mistakes or admitting to the fact that they are nowhere near the level they need to be to be called themselves successful, that that admission in and of itself will somehow keep them from getting past it. When it's the exact opposite, the admission that you're not there yet will allow you to learn from your mistakes, allow you to understand that you need to make changes each time you do something that you can get better at it because you learn from the thing back from the past, much like professional athletes using game film to understand what they did right, what they did under, did wrong, and how they could do it better moving forward when they relate what they see on the film versus what they what they happened to them in the game itself, muscle memory, etc. You make adjustments. Make those adjustments because you learn from your mistakes. Those mistakes happen because you're not great yet. You're so early in the process, but that pro- process has progress, and now you're moving forward and you're moving on not allowing singular mistakes and setbacks to slow you down or stop you, but in fact using them as catalyst to help you move forward because what you did wrong will tell you what you could do right or better in the future. So by making progress, by making adjustments moving forward, you can now track and even plot your eventual success. You can understand if you are on the fast track or the slow track, if you're going to see something in a relative amount of time or a very long amount of time. And depending on your reality of where you are in your career, your age, and other factors, the short path, the long path will make sense to you depending on who you are, what you're trying to achieve. So seeing success, tracking and plotting success, or seeing the lack of success to a level that indicates that your reality is is out of a line with actual reality, that your thought process is not based in reality, can prove to you at some point that you probably should quit and take your ultimate failure and move on to something else more adept to who you are as a person, your skill set, your situation, etc. So, Your attitude gets you started. Your openness about self-evaluation and adjustments allow you to move forward, allow you to progress. If you track and plot that progress towards ultimate success, you can understand if you're on the right path or you're on the wrong path. If you get far enough down the wrong path, you come back to reality and you ultimately possibly can fail and move on to something else, which will open the opportunity for you to move on to something else. That failure creates opportunity. Or you've made enough adjustments that you put off delay or maybe even completely avoid the failure itself. Now, in order to do this, you need to set goals, obviously, to understand if you're on the right path to success. If you're on the right track, you have to set goals. And those goals that you set should be within your reach if you're on the right path. 
And setting goals allow you to break down the big items into objectives and tactics. By breaking down goals into subsets called objectives, and then how you achieve those objectives come from tactics, it allows you to take big ideas or generic ideas and break them down into obtainable and manageable ideas that you can potentially reach within a time frame that indicates to you if you're on the right path or not. So progress can be tracked, but instead of looking at individual setbacks, individual mistakes, individual did I win or did I lose here, instead of looking at them as one-on-one, because any one failure could be something that would stop you completely, instead if you will look at trends or overall direction, not the singular activities, as you move forward towards your objectives, which moves you into the position to reach your goals. This is all done through your tactics in a manageable, less intimidating way, and it's something that can be documented. Because once you document how you achieve success, you can repeat that success. Because it's one thing to achieve success. If you can't repeat it, it may not be worth doing at all. So success needs to be repeatable. Repeatable comes from documentation. That documentation comes from breaking your process down into the smallest tactical levels, into subsets of your goals called objectives when you reach your goals, and then your overall success path. That's where this all comes together. And it allows you to move forward because you're focused on trends or the overall direction of your movement, not individual losses, which most people would look at as a failure. But we don't look at individual actions as failures because we haven't stopped. Now, another thing you've heard me say on this podcast many times, and it is true, you've heard other people say it as well, as there is no such thing as an overnight sensation. No one who's gained anything of value has done it in an easy way. And if you did become an overnight sensation, you definitely would not be able to sustain it because you couldn't document it because you don't have the process in place, which we just discussed. So not only will you not be an overnight sensation, you actually don't want to be an overnight sensation. But the balance here is how long is too long? How far should you go in following a path in trying to achieve goals before you decide that you've gone too long and that, that what you're trying to achieve is not obtainable within the time frame that you need it to be. So you don't want it too quick, but you don't want it to take too long. No one wants to be a billionaire when they become 110 because they're not going to be able to enjoy any of their efforts. So balance how quickly versus how long something takes in your overall decision-making to decide if it's going to be an overnight sensation, which is ultimately a failure, or take too long, which would be an ultimate failure. Everyone's different. It'll depend on your situation, your family, your ability to focus on something that is up and coming or not fulfilled yet versus something that maybe is a little bit more solid and predictable because you need to provide for your family or some other situation where you are a provider and not someone who has support. It depends, again, on your personal situation. Now, much like Edison said, this is a great quote from from Thomas Edison, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Discussion of electricity and the light bulb, 10,000 ways that didn't work before he found the combination that did. But when you break down what Edison was trying to do 
and how his path was leading him there, the optimism and the reality of the situation did match up. Number one, of course, is that electricity was just that important. He wasn't designing a new sports car or a phone app or a fashion item that most people could live without. He was crafting something that all of humanity was going to benefit from being electricity and the light bulb. And so the the importance of what he was doing outweighed the negative aspects of having to do something 10,000 times without finding the right combination. He did find success. So the reality was the success was there. The combination that would work and a light bulb was there. He just had to find it. He had to keep on the process. So he had to keep the positive attitude to keep moving forward, keep tracking the progress and keep documentation so that he could not make the same mistake twice. He understand the process of elimination. They, by eliminating things that didn't work, thus 10,000 ways that won't work, that he was actually moving himself forward because he was learning a lesson every time something was deemed a failure. And with that actual win he had in place, he had a destination, not a general idea. He wasn't trying to invent something cool. He was trying to invent a light bulb that could harness the power of electricity in order to create light in a situation that was controllable by people so that we could utilize it when it generally was dark. He had a specific place he was trying to get to. He knew the 10,000 ways that it wouldn't work, process of elimination. He had learned his lesson from every one of those failures, and it moved forward with a better idea of what could work and ultimately got him where he needed to be. It wasn't what he thought was going to work all along, but he was open to the process of ending up where it needed to be, not where he thought it should be. Another great quote, Albert Einstein, is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. As you progress in any pursuit of success, you have to learn your lessons from your mistakes and make changes to move you forward. Otherwise, you'll stay in a pattern of making the same mistakes over and over again, and when you do the same thing, expecting a different result, it is insanity. You can go insane if you're unwilling to make adjustments in order to move you forward the next time and the next time. So learn from your mistakes or burn out and go insane. So overall, the balance of how these things are achieved is keeping a winning attitude versus lessons learned from the failures. It's where we started. We've decided the process. We've put some reality behind it. And we have changed the definition of what failure is, at least in a discussion of how you use setbacks, mistakes, etc., to move yourself forward from the lessons learned. The key to balancing a winning attitude versus learning lessons from your setbacks is the mindset. Understanding how this works and understanding how much negative impact, how many mistakes, how many things that don't work out as expected is going to happen and the value of it moving you forward. If you just focus on win or loss, black or white, with no gray area, you will get frustrated and burn out quickly. That's the definition of insanity we just discussed. But if you understand a few basic ideas, you can keep your mindset positive, the attitude of achieving success, while still learning the lessons from your failures. Number one being that you will hear more no's than yeses in anything and everything you do. And not just you, all of us. We all hear more no's than yeses. It's not about the 99 no's, it's about the one yes. If you focus on that, you can continue to move forward. This happens to everyone. It's not you. This is another thing that will often make people quit 
achieve that ultimate failure is the idea that they're the one not good enough and they are the only one receiving 99 no's to one yes. But when you understand it does happen to everyone and there's a balance of how many no's to yes because how important the yes is, what the yes moves, how the yes moves you forward and how the no's still move you forward if you're willing to learn from them, then you get less focused on it happening just to you and instead understand this is the process. At the end of the day, the why behind each no is more important than the frequencies of the no's you receive. So if you receive 99 no's to one yes, it's pretty standard par for the course. Understanding the why of each no, each thing that didn't work, each combination that did not work, like Edison said, why it didn't work and what you can learn from it is more important than the fact that you have a no. If you focus on what you can learn from each of those no's and not focus on the fact you got a no, then you can keep your positive attitude and keep yourself moving forward. To be successful, you have to be aggressive in the pursuit of success. You have to push, you have to be wanting to win and you actually have to be hating to lose even though as we've already discussed you understand you will lose in small ways but not ultimate failures so avoiding that failure not taking no for an answer pushing through these things as the right aggressive attitude in the pursuit of success up to a point you can lose that point if you lose your ethics and I think you've heard me discuss on the podcast many times before as well. Ethics are super important. They are essential to not just only gaining success, but keeping success. We said earlier, success needs to be repeatable or it's not real success. Well, if it's unethical, it won't be repeatable and it won't be ultimate success. You have to balance your win at all cost attitude versus winning the right way and not being willing to cut corners in an unethical fashion in order to get the win. It's important that you want to win desperately bad, but you have to be willing to take the loss, small losses in the big picture if it means you'll be affecting your ethics or the perception of others of your ethics. Because ultimately, you can't be successful if people think you cheated to get there. The right way of doing things is more important than the actual outcome. And that seems like a high idea, but the truth is the outcome is irrelevant. If people feel that you got their way in a dishonest way, they won't want to participate with you in that success and your success in the future if they don't think you earned it and they think maybe you even stepped over someone else or held someone back, including maybe them, in order for you to get your success. So do not give them that opportunity by keeping your ethics about you and finding a different way, an ethical way, to create your success. You can't repeat unethical wins. Cheating only gets you so far and allowing your ethics to lapse in order to get a win is a temporary situation that will not get you to the ultimate success you're trying to get to. And then if it somehow magically still gets you there while your ethics are compromised, you will not be able to repeat it because other people will not want to participate with you. You can lose 10 years of solid work, reputation, and professionalism in 10 seconds by letting your ethics lapse. So please keep your ethics in front of you while keeping an attitude of attempting to be success, not at all cost, 
but at the cost that can be sacrificed. There's a balance in what you're willing to do, what you're not. Understand it before you start. Set yourself a brick wall that you will never go past and then do not go past it because the short-term benefits will be outweighed by the long-term negative impression of you as a professional and someone who has gained success off the backs of others, cutting corners or cheating. So don't do it. Trust me on this one. Another great quote in this idea is from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford was letting you know if you have the attitude of being successful or you have the attitude of failure, you will follow through with that. No one was ever successful who thought they would fail. And people typically don't fail if they have the attitude that they can be successful, if they're willing to put the work in and follow the process. So put these lessons into the next version of what you're doing. Learn from the setbacks, learn from the mistakes, put it forward as you try to win or achieve success the next time. And remember the definition of insanity being if you do the same thing over and over again, expect a different outcome. Do it over again with changes, not the same thing over and over again, but the same thing plus the information you learned last time as a different thing over and over again to avoid that insanity. So ultimately, the question is, how do you balance positive, successful attitude, achievement, and learning lessons from your mistakes? And here is how you do that. Don't let fear stop you from starting, but utilize the process, which we've discussed many times, as much as your attitude for success to work towards your goals or the ultimate result that will be, in fact, a failure if you don't do it the right way. The failure is when you quit. You quit because it's not sustainable or it's not repeatable. So, again, balance out the will, desire, and attitude of success with the reality of setbacks, the lessons learned from negative aspects and mistakes, and move forward in the process, understanding more no's and yeses, and keeping the why of each no in your process as you move forward in a different way, not the same way, because that's the definition of insanity. If you can balance that out, if you can keep yourself positive, moving forward in the process in a trackable, planable way, to create repeatable success for yourself or for others associated with you without losing your ethics, without losing the process, and without driving yourself insane, then you have, in fact, achieved success. There you go. Thanks for listening to Professional Balance, bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle. I'll be back next month with a new topic, new podcast every Saturday with hustle and motivation advice from the office while your competition is still sleeping. That is the Saturday Morning Hustle. Please subscribe, leave a review, make a comment on social media about what balance issues you would like to hear discussed on this series in the future. I appreciate you guys tuning in and sticking with me on this long-form podcast today. Please leave some feedback, leave a comment, leave a review, and make sure you tune in next time on the Saturday Morning Hustle Professional Balance Podcast. 